1: that's trinityschool.org trinity school of natural health transform your life
2: transform the world so it's 2019 everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds but before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, JR Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're My next
3: guest is kind of doing what I'm doing in the sense of exploring the uh, the world of sports beyond the court. Um, he's a constant personality on ESPN, and ESPN2, weeknight basketball studio coverage. He calls select games throughout the year. I managed to catch a lot of them. He is a former standout point guard and is roundly considered one of the most prolific college basketball players in history. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Jay Williams.
0: Rashad, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate being here.
3: Well, Jay, like I said, before that, you know, like I said, uh, you know, meeting you at a young age, I was uh, way back, I was early stage when Steve Harvey and I started our partnership. We were doing a uh, radio show in Los Angeles, California, 92.3 The to beat. And this uh, very gifted young man with a lot of energy and a lot of confidence, he was out there scheduled to perform. And the Magic Johns used to do this charity classic called the Magic Classic. And he would invite uh, the pros and uh, he would invite these hot shot young athletes who were about to enter the pros. And Mr. Williams was one of those hot shots. And uh, my man, uh, just watching uh, the, the the comeback you had from the physical drama that came into your life and being able to see you uh, make an attempt to, to play basketball again at that high professional level that you pl- performed at when you was in college to be the number two pick in the draft. That's a, that's, a, that's a series of events that, that allows me to say that you do not allow uh, setbacks to hold you back. Is that correct?
0: Well, there's no such thing as a setback, in my opinion. I think if you're lucky enough to be here, everything that occurs is a growth opportunity. And uh, I, I think it's taken me a couple of years to get to that point where that was my mindset. But now I look at everything with reason. So if something that maybe weren't to go my way in life occurs, I try to extract the lessons learned from that and try to make that applicable to the next opportunity I have. So it's uh, it's been one of the most fortunate things that ever happened to me in my life because I think a lot of people talk about adversity or they talk about how they would deal with trauma, but it's not until you really go through it until you have to face it to truly recognize who am I? Like, who am I without what I do? What do I stand for? And I think, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, you spend so much time climbing the mountain in the matrix of life because life will throw 8 million things at you, especially now with social media and, you know, what's going on with your job and then trying to have a family and then trying to maintain friendships uh, or maintain, you know, something with a loved one. You don't spend any time self-reflecting on you as a person and what you've gone through and how you have decided to extract you know, lessons from those situations and how you have learned. Are you making those lessons applicable to where you want to go? Have you even thought about putting together a blueprint on where you want to go? And uh, I bump into a lot of people that are just constantly stagnant. They're just stuck in the same repetitive cycle, going around the same mountain, falling into the same trap over and over again.
3: Well, the trap has not uh, caught you or not held you down. And so when I look at you on TV now, and I also see that, it, that uh, I don't think you really want to be just a sports guy, if that's the sense I get of you. I've seen you in other platforms. What is the, what is the plan? What is the game plan for Jay Williams?
0: Well, I don't know if I have a, I have a game plan. I've quickly seen how
3: plans can be shifted.
0: Uh, right. I
3: think there is a big, <laughs> Come on, Jay. I now, think, you, uh, I, when no, I met no, you, no, you... I, you I'll be, uh, I, well, I'll be real with
0: you. Last time I had a plan was when I, you know, I was like, I'm going to be in the league for 10, 15 years. Look right. how that plan worked out. Right, right. So I, I think there is a, a sense of direction. There is some kind of internal compass that can lead you in the direction. But ultimately, I don't have this, you know, specialized blueprint on how to answer all the questions. I think it's a, it's a matter of moving and shaking as long as you're headed in somewhat of your direction, your North Star. So right. I think for me right now, my North Star is how do I have autonomy in my business? So I want to build legacy. That is important to me. Mm-hmm. Well, could I get that legacy by being on TV and, and being a sports guy and build out a pretty, you know, fascinating and great career? I think I've got to a pretty amazing point. Could mm-hmm. I potentially have my own show one day? Yeah, but, you know, for me, I love business, too. So I love, hey, I have a holding company. How many subsidiaries do I have under my holding company? Mm-hmm. How many businesses can I own equity within that I'm passionate about, that I can lend a hand to, but maybe not run on a day-to-day basis. Um, understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. How do I surround myself with the right kind of teammates? Mm-hmm. You know, now doing stuff with the boardroom and Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman. you know, really digging deeper into businesses, understanding how other people have approached their businesses and how they've scaled those entities themselves. So, for me, it's like, hey, I... When I first got hurt, I invested into a marketing company called Leverage Agency, where we procured sponsorships for major events around the country. Then I started becoming really good friends with different CMOs and different C-level executives and started doing more branding and marketing and realized that you can move away from the traditional agencies to now brands doing it in their own houses. So consulting right. with the right. Underarmers, with the 24-hour fitnesses, putting in the time to understand, you know, actually, what is a work workday, uh, how much... So my intellect, do I need to put into a certain product? How can we market that product? How do we go to a different demo with that product? And I think all that has leveraged itself to the point to where I'm at now, where it's like they're doing that with their boardroom. I'm getting in, involved in different investments. I have my own company called Clandestine you know, Ventures, where I do a series of different investments, and I work with other companies from a branding perspective, and I'm slowly scaling that business within itself.
3: So you're the perfect. I just gave you a lot there. I'm sorry. You're Duke grad. Come on, you're Duke grad now. You, you, you. you, you, That that, that degree played off somehow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't constantly just dribbling on that court now. Some, some played out big out there. Now let me ask you this about that. That whole process of, 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 of being a talent and a sports talent, and then with social media and everybody wants that, 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 that sound bite. Now, you 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 put out a soundbite very early in the college basketball season about the Duke basketball team. You say that that Duke basketball team could beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. You remember that?
0: Well, I do. Well, let me tell you about the interesting thing about soundbite, <laughs> and this is the way media works. <laughs> so a soundbite is when somebody clips off a portion of what I said. That yes, is not sir. the portion yes, yes, of what yes, I said. <laughs> so that, that, you know, if people move to kind of because we live in a world now, Rashawn, where people just read headlines. Right. People no longer read Clickbait. page two Clickbait. of the article. Clickbait. Mm-hmm. So, for me, what I had said is at that time, you know, Kevin Love was out. Um, they had about four or five of their players who all played significant minutes were out. They were due to injuries. Right. So, I was talking about a lot of their bench players. And I said, currently, with the makeup of this roster, this Duke team will have a chance to beat this Cleveland Cavaliers team. Mm-hmm. People then took that soundbite and they... Transfix that into, oh, Jay said Duke can be the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm like, that's not what I said. But once again, you know, understanding <laughs> it, this is a reality, a byproduct of the field I work in, man. Mm-hmm. It's like people will choose to listen to what they want to hear. Right. So you can try to preface something by saying it the right way or you know, by giving more context to something. But inevitably, sound bites are things that travel across the social media medium, and that's what people listen to. So that's just how the industry works these days, apparently.
3: And I guess, and I guess that's important that you understand that, to accept the fact that you have to almost make sure you, your complete sentence is complete and so they can't clip you like that. Did it, well, how- no, it, It's not. I actually take
0: the reverse opposite approach. I say it, and I say it with conviction, because I did think, regardless of where the media decides to spin it, that opens up a door for me to go on other platforms and continue to explain the narrative that I explained the first time. And I, 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 but I think that's a great lesson for a lot of younger people to listen to because right now you can see the way a lot of media companies are trying to get as far as it relates to clickbait. You know, like I want you to click on me. I get you know a, a percent of revenue every time you click on my headline. Right. So when you see a crazy headline, like understand, like or is there context to that? Because I have headlines sometimes we click on. It's not even a story that we thought we were going to be reading about. Right. Right. right? So right. I, I think there's all these nuances of business that sometimes. But normal person, like I said, we're we're you know so wrapped up into climbing and in this mountain within the matrix of life, like you don't have time to understand the context. So, it's just something for people to understand.
3: Cool. Uh, we're gonna take a break and come right back because I got to get him out of here and we're gonna talk about the boardroom. That's why I brought them on the show. It's something they gave me. I watch it, I do have ESPN Plus, it's a subscription based through the ESPN company because Disney owns everything now, and if you not part of the big Disney mouse. The mouse is running things. And I'm happy to be a part of that with my subscription that I pay to watch great shows like the boardroom. Be back with more with my man, Jay Williams. My next guest, uh, you know, I I see him on with my man, Seth, you know, Seth on the, on the, on the, on the college uh, basketball game day show. And, Seth just be talking and talking, won't let him talk sometimes. And sometimes Jay will say, Hey, man, I would have said something, but Seth took up all the time. <laughs> I just start laughing. But I love his personality. I love the way he takes the business approach to sports and making sure it is the facts and it's not tied to hype. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversation, Jay Williams.
0: Thank you, brother. Happy
3: to be here, again. Yeah, man. Every once in a while, I'll I be laughing at you, Jay, because Seth be just, <laughs> as they say, pontificating. And you'd be, you be looking at them like, just 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 give me four words.
0: Just allow me to say oh, four man. words. Oh, man, you know how it is. You, you got a certain count. you got a time frame in which you can you can do your show in. And there's nothing worse. Like, people at home also don't understand that, you know, first off, we got about four or five cameras. So they're telling you what camera to talk into in your right. IFB, which is in your ear. And then it's like, you know, when you hear a count, like, okay, we have a minute to discuss this. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, by the time the host asks you know, set the question, there's about 20 seconds off the minute. So then you at 40 seconds. <laughs> And when Seth takes 35 seconds to answer the damn question, you're like, well, damn, now I only got five seconds to pontificate on something to make a good point. No, I just quit. So now.
3: I love two it. Pounds
0: man. into a five pound jar. I'm just like, you know what? I don't, we don't have enough time because mm-hmm. you took up 35 seconds of the shot clock, Seth. That's what I, I just say alive now. That's where it
3: is. You know something? I love it because of the fact that, uh, it, it's, it, you know, like I said, that's, that's, that's part of the stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and, and it, it creates engagement TV for me. Because I know what y'all styles are so uniquely different. And he's he loves to talk and you love to deliver the facts. And you can uh-huh. deliver it very as they say, very, 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 very uh poignant and very in a, in a short amount of short, short amount of words but let, let's try it. I just want to mess with you about that because I always laugh when I see that because of the fact that I say <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta make you laugh on that because I'll be checking you out from a producer I know exactly what's going on in your ear and I know it's a clock in your head and sometimes he said hey Set tied up all the time. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Just do it like that. <laughs>
0: I'm with on. you,
3: man. Uh, let's go on to the boardroom because this feels like this is, this is like they say, a perfect match. Putting a glove on your hand. It feels like a natural relationship. Tell us about the boardroom. There's on ESPN Plus platform, which is exclusive to ESPN.
0: Yeah, it's behind ESPN's paywall, uh, which is our direct-to-consumer model, which is it's great. It's what you're seeing Disney do. It's what you're seeing. Uh, you know, some other entities do as far as, you know, their programming. But it's, um, I think, you know, I've always been a fan of the sports business journal, you know, reading front office sports, different things like that. And I you know, I really give a lot of credit to Rich Kleiman on his vision on this because it's something I've always thought of. I just didn't have the resources to make it come to fruition, and Rich did uh, through working with Kevin, is that, you know, there is such a cool thing. And, and listen, Sean, this is also to, like, I'm going to get a little bit deep here for one second. You know, I, I grew up in a predominantly African-American and Latin town, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and uh, where people had to go through metal detectors to go to high school. There were a lot mm-hmm. of gangs. My mom worked as a guidance counselor at the local high school down the street. Uh, but I went to a predominantly Caucasian school mm-hmm. in the next town. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad worked at American Express, worked there for 20 years. My mom was a guidance counselor, you know, went back to school, got multiple degrees, became a principal. So education has always been the primary focus of my family. Mm-hmm. But what happened to me when I was younger is that, you know, I would be at home uh, with my friends and I would be talking about something that I read or something that I learned in school and I would be called Uncle Tom. I'd be called a sellout. Mm-hmm. I'd be called a white boy. Uh, but then when I went to my school and I was athletic or I dressed differently, I was called you know, you're really black. You're really hood. You're really ghetto. So mm-hmm. I, I think there was this identity crisis for me growing up. Like, what is what? What does it mean to be black? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be white? Mm-hmm. Am I associating education with being white? Mm-hmm. Or am I associating style with being black? Um, and I think now I've had a ton of different experiences in my life where I'm like, you know what? I am who I am. Like, I am all those things. I am me. Like, but I am also a black man. So right. I think it's important that we can show, hey, look, yes, this might sound like a different vernacular that I'm speaking when I'm in the boardroom, like a different language. But it's a language that I think we all can learn because I want to represent more of us in the boardroom. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into different business meetings. Or I, I've spoken at different events where I'm the only black male in the room. And I hear people say, well, yes, yeah, you really are articulate. Well, how else the hell am I supposed to be? <laughs> I know. I've gotten it. You know, so it, it's um, I think this show now allows us to spread our wings in our department and sit down with the likes of a Dame and John or sit down with people to understand, okay, like, what was your blueprint? And ask those probing questions. It's not me saying, hey, I know more than you. It's literally myself, Kevin, and Rich asking all the questions that normal everyday people have. to try to spread that knowledge and also tap into the culture, like, you know, working with Steve Stout or sitting down with Jack Dorsey and understanding their original intention of Twitter and how it came to be. Uh, We just did one with Michael Rubin uh, who is part owner of the of the 76ers. What does it mean to be a minority owner? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to have an umbrella company? How many companies do you have underneath the umbrella? Uh, how does it work with fanatics as far as your gross revenue? So I think, you know, just helping as many people understand the terminology and how it works, like that's our mission with this kind of content.
3: It really is important that people understand what he's saying is that, uh, you know, I, I came from Fifth Ward, inner city, and uh, uh-huh. and, I, and I battled with that all my life, you know, working at IBM, getting a degree in mathematics and People say things. Just they feel like being polite. They say things like, uh, "Well, you're different. Or you, you, I did. I expected somebody else to walk in the room. And mm-hmm. knowing that you have to battle that, you know, you have to battle that. You have to battle the stereotype when you know that you walked in there because you qualified. And that's why I really enjoyed the show when I was watching it because that's what LeBron has to deal with when that infamous yep. Fox News Network reporter said, "Just dribble a basketball." Like you know, they're. You know that's your job. Your job is not to have a a, a, a a social opinion. Your job is just to dunk the ball when we tell when we buy a ticket and turn on the TV, and that's what as African Americans or anybody of minority or anybody of color has to deal with. That the consequence of of, of there's no credibility for your success, and when you reach your success, they don't feel it's long term.
0: Well, let me tell you why that stereotype is applicable to everything. Because I re- I respond back to people on social media this way, where they say well, oh, you know, you're not qualified to speak on politics. I'm like, oh, that's funny because you're a janitor. And I just watched, I looked at all your different, you know, things that you said, and you're you're pontificate on you know, politics, so who is qualified to talk on politics? Mm-hmm. Like, we're everyday people. Like, we all have opinions. But it, I feel like those things are just reactionary retorts that people have because they don't think with complexity. A lot of people love to look at life as simply black and white. And my thing is there's so much gray area that you have to understand the complexities of who people are and how they even got to that point. So, you know, look, we sat in a room with LeBron James and Maverick and hearing their story on season one about, you know, the first time they recognized the business of basketball. Now you can say whatever you want to say about, Oh, he's getting paid too much money, but there's something amazing about understanding your worth. We right. were talking about one of his first high school games where they were piping in feeds Because the game was literally being televised out to the world. And the city literally lost power. And it was the first time that LeBron and Mavs said, oh, look, we we have something here. Like all these people, all these TV trucks, all these reporters are here to see us. Why wouldn't we leverage that if we have our position to be that in the marketplace? And that's what we need more. We need more people who have incredible talents, to have self-empowerment and to understand with a right curriculum with the things that we're talking about or the kind of content that they're consuming to understand how do they leverage their own position and create legacy for themselves.
3: Let me ask you this about the, the, the show The Boardroom, which you can find on ESPN+. Plus. It's exclusively found on ESPN. It's a, it's a subscription you have to pay to get the show. It's hosted by Jay Williams, who I'm talking to right now. Hey, Jay, what did you find when in the interviewing these two dynamically different personalities, Kevin as, as well as LeBron, LeBrons is way, right. a little bit more advanced in his uh, entrepreneurial, uh, uh, I guess you say scale. But Kevin is coming up fast. What did you? What, what did you? What did you gain from this show personally?
0: Can I tell you Rashawn, You're the first person to ever ask me that question, and that is a, a really great question. I think I, I saw two people that were extremely powerful. I think one person, in LBJ, has been afforded more experiences because of how he came into the game. Whereas I think that Kevin has been a great basketball player. There's been a lot of focus just on basketball. Whereas recently over the last couple of years, I think Kevin has really started to branch out Mm -hmm. because there's also comes with maturity and acceptance of who you are. Mm -hmm. I think Katie's gone through that process where he's now at a different place, Mm -hmm. but it it was, it was all from a place of love. Now I'm not saying that when they step their feet across the line, they don't compete to be the best because they both want to be the best. But this came from uh, something that it reminds me of what Jay Z said. So, Jay Z actually came to New York and he did a concert last weekend. And uh, I'm going to send you the clip, Rashad, because it's great. It talks about, he's it, talking about, you know, as being an African American male uh, or person, that, you know, the government talks about gentrifying and we're going to gentrify our own hood and, you know, how sometimes people have treated us like we're crabs at the, end of, at the bottom of a barrel. Like First of all, our place is not at the bottom of the barrel. Right. And secondly, we can climb on top of each other to pull each other out. And I felt that with this conversation. I felt that it was more like a sharing of how we both did it right. and both people studying each other to build something different. And if that's what you're able to pull out of the conversation, then I did my job. Because that's what it's about. It's about teaching our youth and teaching others wow. how they can pull themselves out of that situation.
3: My man, I want to thank My you. Man. I want to thank you, brother. Uh, you're the same gifted young man I met in the back room of Name 2.3 way back in LA, and I'm a fan today. Again, you can catch this show, The Boardroom, uh, ESPN Plus. It's exclusively on ESPN. Jay, you
2: officially know that Rashad McDonald is a fan of you Earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buy slash iHeart.